We believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Dream Architect Life Podcast. Brittany Henderson here with a really cool, really interesting guest who you're going to meet here in a moment. So before I introduce Mr. Andrew Sawson and bring him onto the show, uh, I'm going to share that over the last 20 years, Andrew has grown as a South Florida business leader and community advocate. His professional focus on financial services and business development has allowed him to establish multiple successful ventures in a wide array of fields, including addiction care, customer service, music management, and insurance. You might be scratching your head going, wow, how do all those things come together? So today we're going to talk about his work with Recovery Unplugged Treatment Centers. He's led the consistent, proactive, and responsible expansion of the company from a singular treatment facility in South Florida to a national addiction treatment organization, which now helps thousands of clients per year from all over the country find their way to lasting recovery from substance use disorders. So what in the world does this have to do with building your dream architect life? Well, you are about to find out. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Greatly appreciate uh, being here. And I'm really happy that uh, Justin introduced us. Yes. Um, for those that don't know who Justin is, it's Justin Breen. He's brilliant in the PR space and uh, just a wonderful human being connecting entrepreneurs all over the globe. So shout out to Justin before we get started. Um, so Andrew, we're going to flip this back to you. You know, obviously I've gone high level on a little bit of your story, but can you share more of your journey on what really landed you in the space that you're in right now? Sure. You know, as you said in a, in, in a nice uh, intro, I was in the insurance uh, industry for many years. I also helped start a um, call center that's now operating in three countries uh, many years ago. And so during that time, uh, my wife and I were helping several family members and friends uh, battle their addiction, paying for a lot of therapy and a lot of treatment. And after they were basically going through a revolving door and have several treatment centers, it culminated into one of our family members uh, being arrested, another family member ODing and living. And so what we realized was the system that was in place was just not working for them. Uh, the original joke, I guess you could say, was uh, I made a comment that it'd be cheaper for me to open up my own treatment center for my family and friends than keep paying for other ones. A friend of mine I was talking to, who I met at a Tony Robbins seminar 22 years ago, said, you know, are, are you serious about that? And if you are, 
I have some people I want you to meet. And so what happened was uh, my friend Marshall Geyser introduced me to Paul Pellinger, who also brought on Richie Supa and Rob Harrison. And so Richie had an organization called Recovery Unplugged. And so Recovery Unplugged was going into um, treatment centers uh, doing a two-hour music group. And we took that concept combined with evidence-based psychiatry and psychology and created Recovery Unplugged Treatment Centers, which as of this month is now Recovery Unplugged Behavioral Health. So we just also went into the mental health space using our method as well. And so, again, what started as me just wanting to help some family members 10 years ago this month, fast forward, um, I have several friends and family that are now clean and sober nine years, eight years. And as of a couple of weeks ago, we just helped our 13,000th uh, client uh, positively impact their life. Wow. 13,000. Andrew, the thing I keep thinking about too, as you're sharing this journey is number one, what a true entrepreneurial spirit, because every great movement starts with an idea. And the, you know, the thing that, that we've done quite a bit on this podcast is that we, we've talked about proactive preventative health and how much your health can impact your wealth and how wealth doesn't matter if you don't have your health. And the thing that we haven't talked a ton about is, you know, just this notion of, of addiction and how uh, prevalent it truly is. And I would guess as our listeners tuning in, you know, somebody or have somebody in your life who you've watched suffer and struggle. So Andrew, what was so interesting to me when we were introduced is the methodologies that you guys are using in particular with music. And I know you're not, you're not the music artist. I know, I, I know we got clarity there, but you are some of the brains behind the operation. So can you just talk a little bit more about the methodology there and what's actually happening behind the scenes? Sure. You know, it's interesting. I've been around music my whole life. Uh, when I was at University of Florida, I actually started the record label. Uh, I managed a couple of R&B singers, uh, EDM group, hip hop group. I went to business school in London, managed singers there. When I was in the insurance industry, I ended up doing insurance for uh, athletes and entertainers. I have always been around music, have no musical ability myself. Uh, I have attempted uh, learning the piano. I- I'd say I'm barely horrible. But, you know, all of us have used music throughout our lives. We've used music, whether it's to start our day, to go to the gym, to get ready for a meeting, whatever it may be. And so what we understood early on, and when we took the using you know music as a way to break down defenses and, and build rapport and combine that with evidence-based treatment, what we did from day one is bridge the gap between the two. And so early on, people were very confused. Uh, I don't understand. You're going to play the guitar and they're going to stop drinking? I mean, no, that's not how it works. But I, I can understand the confusion. And for the first many years, um, we would say this, people would look at us crazy now. 10 years later, 13,000 people. We've had uh, Nova Southeastern University here in South Florida do an impact study, seven years going so far on why what we're doing is working. And so the best example I can give is when somebody needs to come into treatment, yes, we find out what medications they're on or not or what they need or what they're battling. But we also find out the music they love, the music they hate, what they associate to sobriety, what they associate to getting high. Maybe they're married in their wedding song. Maybe they're not, and it's a, a song that they reminds them of their mom or their child. Whatever it may be, 
when that person gets to us, when we pick them up or when they come in for the first time, we have a song playing that they can associate to. And for the first time in days, weeks, months, or years, they see that what they say matters. They see feel they, they see that they're heard what they're what they're meaning in their life. And for the first time since they've been yelled at by their spouse or fired by their employer, whatever it may be, they say, wait a minute, I like this song. And to them, somebody's paying attention to them for the first time. And that's where we really start to break down the defense and build a rapport because what we found is that most people that go to treatment, and unfortunately treatment is dictated by the 28 days that insurance will cover, they spend the first 27 days not wanting to be there and fighting. And they get about one day of treatment. What we do is we use the music to connect really quickly. So it doesn't happen in one second, but with us, it's normally 24 to 48 hours. And now we can actually get a month of treatment and then go on to uh, outpatient therapy as well. Wow. You know, I I think immediately about, um, we worked with a gentleman who uh, is a, a music creator, we'll call him. He's absolutely brilliant, done a ton of really big work, and he created a meditation piece for us as part of this Dream Architect life process. And it's amazing how much I learned through the process at just how much music can truly influence your thoughts and can add clarity or on the other side of things can add confusion and just how impactful it can be and how positive it can be when used right. So, you know, I would love Andrew for you to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the success rates you're seeing people that come through and go through your program when it comes to relapses or coming back or or what are some of the results you're seeing in your program? Sure. There's really not good data, right? There's a lot of people that say they do good. So, you know, if you look it up, you'll find that 90% of people relapse. Okay. Our success rates right now are about 50.3%, just over half, which is absolutely fantastic. Five times better than anything else out there. But to me, still a lot of work for improvement. And so I've always believed in constant never-ending improvement. I've always believed that whatever we're doing great, we can do more of, and whatever's not, you know, we work towards figuring out how to make it great. And so having a 50% success rate has been incredible because not only have I seen the results with our friends and family, but if I look at today, some of the leaders of our company are all people that nine, 10 years ago went through the program and then came back to work at a minimum wage behavioral health tech and work their way up to, if I look at our director of our alumni, executive director of one of our divisions, the director of our admissions, all people, you know, that were able to have success in our program, you know, and come back. And so there is no cure. There is no silver bullet, right? But what we found is that what we're doing actually works. And further, it's easy in, in the addiction space to, to measure success. Are you clean and sober or not? What we also are measuring is if you relapse, how long do you relapse, right? In the past, people would be, they relapse and they'd relapse for months, weeks, years. Now we see somebody may relapse and come back to us three days later, a week later. And that's a huge difference as well, because today, unfortunately, on the on the alcohol side, it's the same as it was. But on the opiate side, 
you know, when people relapse in the past, they go on a bad run, they come back. Now they get fentanyl and they die. And so yeah. it's very important that if they do relapse, we get them back as quickly as possible, which is why one of the things that we started was our alumni program. And our alumni program is something where uh, we have people that have been through our program that come back and they call, text, Snapchat, Facebook, older people like me are on the phone, everybody else texts, but we follow up with every client every week forever. Wow. And we have 16 full-time people that do that now. And that's made a tremendous, tremendous impact on people being able to, if they are struggling or about to relapse or they do relapse, get back and get the help they need. Mm. So a couple of themes here that I think are really interesting, Andrew, you know, number one, the word that pops in my head, and it's one we often use on this podcast actually is possibility. It, it seems like with the alumni program, you're showing a path of what's possible and you're showing essentially hope for some of these people that maybe don't have a ton of connection outside of the, the space that you've created, if, if we're just speaking very, very bluntly and honestly there. And the thing that I liken it to is that there are statistics out there. And, you know, a lot of times who we work with at, at Sweet Financial and who tunes into the Dream Architect Life podcast, there's kind of two different variations. There's somebody that is coming off of a very high profile career. You know, they've owned a business. They're maybe looking at a point of sale. They've been a high achiever their whole life. They're go, go, go. Um, or you have somebody that's migrating the unknown territory of retirement. And there are a ton of statistics out there about how, you know, if, if you don't have community and you don't have support and you don't have something to move to or towards in retirement, depression rates hit, um, mortality rates can be higher for people who uh, don't have any kind of sort of purpose defined. And even though it's different than the addiction space, there's so many commonalities and similarities there. So Andrew, I guess my question to back into is, you know, I think about some of the high achievers and I, I'm guilty of this too. It's like we have constant stimulation because we're go, go, go all the time. What are some of the things that you're seeing that can maybe help like calm the brain with some of this music treatment? Can you just talk a little bit in general about this high achiever brain, the addiction space and, you know, some of the relief that can be seen in there? Well, I, I think that on the high achiever side, you know, that's, a function of how you how you live, what you do, you know, how you set up your day. And so we could use music in every aspect of that. And so, you know, for me, you know, I have different sound and hearing frequencies that I listen to every day, uh, as well as songs that I've, you know, put into my life, whether it's starting the day, ending the day, going to the gym, going to a meeting, you know, there's different ways that you could allow yourself to be triggered positively or negatively. Right. A lot of everybody knows the song that comes on that makes them sad or makes them, you know, remember, you know, somebody that's not with us anymore. And 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 that could happen as well. But you could also utilize that in a positive way and and use positive triggers. And one of the things that we've done at Recovery Unplugged for the last decade is we take negative triggers and we replace replace them with positive triggers. And so we also have people create playlists that when they leave Recovery Unplugged, they take with them as a positive trigger. And again, just having that playlist is not going to keep you clean or keep you sober, but it will remind you to call your sponsor, go to a meeting, stay in the present, 
And it's literally over and over again, we've had this from the outcome study, positively impacted people to take the step if they are struggling, if they got into a fight with their spouse or had a problem at work, that playlist triggers them to do the right thing. Whereas in the past, that negative emotion would cause them to go get a drink or a drug. Mm, That's huge right there. And I think too, if you're tuning in and maybe you're kind of like, I don't know, I have to think about this. If I know anybody in the struggling with addiction or, or having some of these pain points, these are things that we can put in place in our lives right now. I mean, there's so much to be taken away from this that, you know, I immediately think about, I have different playlists that I listen to and you are so dead on. I know exactly what I need when I need to be amped up for a workout. I know what I need to get in the flow of a steady work state. I know what I need for creativity. And I have a love of music. I also am not very musically inclined. If you ask my kids, I'm not a great singer, even though I think I am. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I just think it's so relevant. So, Andrew, you know, another thing that we try to pull into these podcast episodes is, you know, really helping people maybe learn from others' lessons. So you are in a space that I would imagine uh, is so incredibly rewarding, but also really stinking challenging in a lot of ways. So what is one of the most, call it difficult lessons that you've learned throughout your journey in building so many great things and having such great impact? We've, I've learned lots of lessons. Um, One of them is just because you're doing good doesn't mean good things will always happen. Mm. Um, Very early on, I was naive to believe that just because we were doing good and helping people that we would get paid on time, that the insurance companies wouldn't try and, you know, fight us to pay us what we're owed, um, that people would not lie. And again, you're dealing with addiction or people with severe mental health challenges, you're going to get lied to. You're dealing with, you know, insurance companies whose sole purpose is to make a profit you know, they may not always do the right thing by paying claims. And so it was challenging early on. It still is challenging. It's just less challenging now because I understand that. And I'll continue to do good and we'll continue to fight and we'll continue to understand that the people that we're dealing with are really trying. Some of them try in different ways. Some of them isn't the way that we want them to, but that's okay. As long as they're trying to make forward progress. And then you know, on the insurance side, we went from a fully out-of-network private pay facility. Over the last couple of years, we are a fully in-network facility. We take every major insurance. We now have contracts with TRICARE for active military, the VA for veterans, Medicaid as well. Um, again, we used to just focus on addiction inpatient. Now we have an entire, very robust, very successful outpatient program. So if you do live in an area where you you went to a treatment center somewhere else, or you went to our treatment center, but you live somewhere else, you can now stay in our ecosystem and come to our programs online and it's covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just recently we launched Recovery Unplugged Mental Health Institute. And we have our first inpatient mental health facility opening here in South Florida in about three months. Uh, And we have a couple hundred people a day on our online mental health program. Again, all covered by insurance which is a huge game changer to be able to take what we do and positively impact a lot more people. Mm. Uh, First of all, wow, (laughs) there's so much growth and opportunity and expansion 
And that's got to be so exciting, it, you know, being witness and being part of that. Um, that's amazing. So, you know, I, I pivot a little bit here because one of the things that we talk about, be it culture of a company, be it, you know, looking at where you're going to in this next chapter of life, if you're coming off of retirement or you're switching careers or you're selling your business, uh, we often talk about value alignment. And I would just be curious with the work that you're doing, how do you define value alignment and how have you potentially helped others to do that as well? So, you know, we look for people uh, within our teams that a can grow into what they're doing, but they have to care about others first. I tell people all the time, if you're in this industry to make money, there's lots of other things you can do. You know, we, we, we are dealing with people. It's a life or death situation. And again, I expect everyone that works for us, they get paid every week, they get paid good. But again, this is not an industry where at least the way we do it, where we, we want to have a greater impact. It is still a business. I have, close to 400 full-time amazing employees that we wow. take care of and growing. And so I understand the business aspect of it and continue. The only way that we can help more people is by also being financially stable. It's another lesson that I learned over the years is that, again, just doing good doesn't mean everything's going to work out perfectly. And so we've had the ups and downs. We've had the fights with some of the carriers to get, to get paid on time. But when we look at the value alignment, we try and align with organizations now that care about their employees. So in the past, again, we weren't able to help everybody. Now we look for unions, we look for employee assistance programs, we look for large organizations that actually care about their employees. And then on our, our internal employee side, we look for people that you know care first. And if I look at some of the leaders, like I said, they've grown up you know, with us and they've grown themselves as all of us have. And so I'm a big believer in personal development um, we brought over 200 and I don't stop counting 250 ish employees through the Tony Robbins UPW program. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got dozens of people currently in the, uh, Sean Cowley unblinded program. Somebody, I don't know how many times we now, you know, somebody wants to go back to school to better themselves. And, you know, let's have that conversation and I'll do it. Somebody went, when Oprah was on tour, People want to go see Oprah? No problem. I'm I'm all for anything that's going to allow you to grow and be better at everything you do, not just with us. Mm. You know, the thing that I think about as you're talking about, you know, ha having 400 team members and impacting and serving 13,000 people through your programs, you know, you brought up personal development. And, you know, Brian and I both are huge believers in personal development and eat, sleep and breathe it. We're the first to sign up and go to all the things that you can, can do to really make yourself even better. So I would be curious when you think about your team members, your alumni program, the people you've served, where do you most often see people getting in their own way? Hey, Brittany here. In case you hadn't heard, our latest book, Dream Architecture, is available for the taking. Think about it like this. What is your biggest, wildest dream of what retirement could look like? Not the dream that your friends have or your parents maybe had or your coworkers. Your best dream, the unreasonable one, the one that you might have trouble admitting even to yourself. So that is what the Dream Architecture book is about. 
hop on over to dreamarchitecturebook.com so you can start dreaming big today. So, you know, I think sometimes in in all that we've done, people get stuck in being afraid to do something different. Mm. Uh, I think that what I've seen over the years is somebody has a great idea, but they may be afraid to share it. We tried to change that culture since day one, but it's it's human nature, right? You see something that can be done differently. You, everybody's doing something one way and then people get in their own way because they're just afraid to take a step to the right or left that may have a greater impact. And so we fostered a culture of, if you have an idea, I don't care what the idea is, bring it up. Uh, and, and we have a chain of command and we have an org chart, but you know, I have a pretty open door policy, you know, everybody within the organization knows that if they have something to say, you know, tell their supervisor, but they can also tell me. And so, you know, just looking at some of the programs we have, some of the the things that we do, so our, our alumni program, you know, that, that didn't, that wasn't our original idea. You know, that started out as uh, my business partner, Rob, saying, you know, we, sh- we should be doing something with some of the people that came through here. We started with one person, then two people. Now we have 16 full-time people. Now we have hundreds of people that show up to our, our bowling event, our laser tag event, our Halloween event uh, today. And so it's getting people together. It makes logical sense, but it just wasn't done before. Uh, and we do this throughout every one of the areas that we're in. And so I think, going back to your question, it's allowing people to you know, take a, a step outside the box and share an idea. Doesn't mean that we're going to do it. Doesn't mean that it's going to yeah. work. But instead of doing the same thing over and over again, and sometimes expecting a different result, try an idea that may have a different result. Mm, the definition of insanity itself, right? Keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So, you know, Andrew, flipping this kind of to you personally now, um, when you think about all that you've done in contribution, I mean, we, and we talk all over the place about your work in the addiction space, in insurance, in, you know, growing businesses, fostering opportunities. Give me an example where you strategically overcame fear. Like you had this moment where you're like, man, this is so risky, or this is a huge leap of faith or a huge chance. How you strategically overcame that and what was the positive outcome? Hmm. I mean, uh, everything I've always done, if I look back at Recovery Unplugged. So when Recovery Unplugged came to existence, literally 10 days before we were supposed to get our first loan, the person that was co-signing the loan with me decided he wasn't going to do it. And so I went from putting this there, and at the time I still wasn't, 100% sure other than I was putting this together that I was going to be all in to, you know, having to take a step out, look at everything I have, you know, come to my wife and say, okay, I need you to sign this. This is our house, kids, college fund, everything. We're going all in. It's either we're either going to make an impact and, and save people's lives or be bankrupt and start over. And obviously we're here 10 years later. So it worked. It it may not have. Um, but, I, you know, looking at that decision at the time was quite scary. But mm-hmm. it just felt like I had to do it and it was the right thing to do. And so we did. Um, and, you know, and, and here we are today. I would say, you know, 
years and years ago, maybe 15 years ago, when the financial crisis hit in 08, that was a different story where uh, I was in the insurance business. We had a pretty big business, big not a big business like this, but we had dozens of people working with us. And I refused to let anybody go for about 10 months too long and literally lost, you know, I, I, I started with nothing. I've built up. I went back to nothing after that situation and then started over again with literally zero. So that's a situation where I just didn't want to let anybody go. I felt like we could push through it. I felt like we could pivot and it didn't work out. And, 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 and that whole uh, business had to end. Um, so I've seen it where that leap didn't work as well as I wanted, but picked myself up, figured out you know how to move forward had a very bad situation with family members that turned into a way to us save their lives and many others. And here we are. Oh, you know, all I can think about as you're going through this is the entrepreneurial roller coaster where it's like, you're on a high and then everything's come crashing down and then you're on a high and then everything comes crashing down. And it's so representative of that in the risk-taking and the chances, but clearly you were called to an even bigger purpose and an even bigger mission. And that's truly representative in where you are today. So, you know, Andrew, thinking about those, those, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, I was saying there's no straight line. People, yeah, no. You know, the one thing I, I, I think people need to understand, um, whether it's doing or somebody changing a career, or somebody starting a career, there is no straight line. Um, there are ups and downs of everything, and some of them are really, really big jolts. Yeah, there's hiccups along the way, and then there's just, you know, what planet am I on today type of situations. Um, and I think that understanding that that's going to happen. You're still allowed to get angry. You're still allowed to be upset, but just not for too long because nothing is permanent. One thing I've learned, success and failure, neither is permanent. So if something seems overwhelming, it may be at the time, but that'll be, that'll subside. If something seems fantastic, enjoy it because that will also subside. Two and a half years ago, I was in an accident. Uh, I was in a barbecue fire. I had first, second, and third degree burns. Uh, My feet are still are still burnt to maybe forever. I woke up in a hospital. I was in the ICU for a week. I was in the hospital for a month. I almost wasn't alive. And so it was ironic going through all of that. And and okay, how, why did this happen? Right? And I changed the question very quickly because bad things happen to good people all the time. It's okay, not why did this happen, but how are we going to overcome this? Yeah. And how are we going to get better quicker? Because the quicker I get better, the quicker I could help more people. Um, you know, and so yeah, it was one of those things where several people that may have a different mindset, oh, if you believe in the law of attraction, you're so positive, look at what happened. And I said, okay, yes, it happened. And let's look at how we could overcome this. Let's look at how we could change this for the good. And then I was able to utilize and put what we practice, what we preach in uh, in effect by using music on a daily basis while I was in the hospital for the nurses. And so one of the things we realized was that allowing music with our therapists at Recovery Unplugged, not just with our clients, but our therapists, makes them more calm and better at what they do. And I did the same thing with the hospital uh, with the hospital nurses where I found out the music that they associated to. And I literally had everything from Enrique Iglesias to Metallica, depending on who was the nurse on eight, eight hour shifts. And I was up all day, night, whatever. But when I used music that they associated to, 
it literally allowed the nurses to have a better experience, which allowed me to heal quicker, which allowed me to get better and leave the hospital quicker, which allowed us to utilize some of that work and what we're doing right now to help others with our staff. And so it was another example of here's a completely out of the you know norm situation, right? Where we're able to now use that example to help our staff be better at what they do. So again, it's just, you know, another example of things happen. Some of them are not what you'd like them to be, but reality is reality and you figure out how to overcome them. Wow. And, you know, I can literally picture this whole thing happening where you're in the hospital and you're recovering and here you are figuring out playlists for people <laughs> to positive, positively impact them and in turn your recovery. So again, it's, it's, I just think this is such an important takeaway at this moment is that, you know, finding the four is what we would call it. So how did this happen for me versus to me? And utilizing your skill sets in in different and unique and exciting ways, um, you're truly embodying the work that you're doing. So I, I just huge kudos for that. That that's just too fun to to hear. And those lessons and stories are so powerful. Um, so Andrew, before I ask my final question, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to learn more about, you know, how maybe a loved one could be supported, how they can be supported, um, or even just the work that you're doing, what's the best way to do that? Sure. You know, we have, like I said, 24-hour life-saving center, recoveryunplugged.com is the easiest way to see who we are and what we do. 24-hour staff, interventions needed, people, whether it's mental health or addiction, you know, go to the recoveryunplugged.com, contact us. We have the people, if you want to talk to people, you can. If you want to text them and chat them, you can. Uh, people can look me up on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. If they ever want to get a hold of me, I'm available uh, any day, anytime that can help others. Mm. Uh, well, Andrew, you truly have a gift for what you do. So as you think forward into the future, what is one of the most important or biggest aspirations or dreams that you have for yourself and your future impact? I would say, you know, looking at we when we started, we were treating about 20 to 25 people a month for the first two years which was great. And now we're treating 450-ish a month, which is fantastic. Um, so it took us 10 years to get the 13,000 lives that we've been able to help. I'd like that to get to 100,000, you know, in about one third the time that it took us to get to the 13. And I believe that will be the impact that makes the biggest difference uh, as we grow and as we're able to virtually help more people that will help us that will enable us to exponentially help others. Mm. I love the big vision, love the big goals. Andrew, thank you for sharing your time with us today and your expertise. This has been such a fun conversation. It is. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the Dream Architect Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, share it with somebody that you care about. Throw us a like and tune back in for the next episode. We'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
if you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning.